Brief items. Security quotes of the week. Quote. About a month ago we presented Hanware at eCrime 2019, it is a new honeypot framework that enables the rapid construction of honeypots for a wide range of CPE and IoT devices. The framework automatically processes a standard firmware image as is commonly provided for updates and runs the system with a special pre-built Linux kernel without needing custom hardware. It then logs attacker traffic and records which of their actions led to a compromise. We provide an extensive evaluation and show that our framework is scalable and significantly better than existing emulation strategies in emulating the device's firmware applications. We were able to successfully process close to 2,000 firmware images across a dozen brands TP-Link, Netgear, D-Link, and run them as honeypots. Also, as we use the original firmware images, the honeypots are not susceptible to fingerprinting attacks based on protocol deviations or self-revealing properties PDF. Quote ends. Alexander Vetteral paper PDF. Quote. In light of recently published chosen prefix attacks on SHA-1-1, I caution that it is no longer safe to use Epiphany, or any other WebKit GTK-based browser, or Libsoup, or any applications based on Libsoup, or any other applications using Glib's networking facilities, in combination with GNUTLS versions older than GNUTLS 3.6. GNUTLS versions prior to 3.6 will accept certificates that use SHA-1 signatures. It is now both possible and economically feasible to forge these signatures. Your secure connections can no longer be trusted to be secure when using these older versions of GNUTLS. Quote ends. Michael Cotanzaro. Quote. It's a long 32 pages but interesting read. The only thing I have a bit of an issue with is the conclusion. SHA-1 Signatures now offers virtually no security in practice. It should really be SHA-1 signatures where the attacker has two months' time and tens of thousands of dollars there are some cheaper options than $75,000 to prepare a forgery offer no security in practice. Even then, the demonstrated attack relies on the ability to stuff arbitrary garbage data into the signed message in this case into a JPEG image after the end of image marker, so add quote dot dot and the ability to stuff arbitrary attacker chosen data into the signed message. To that, quote ends. Peter Gutman on the SHA-1 collision paper. Kernel release status. The current development kernel is 5.5-RC5. Released on January 5. Linus added a note to the release announcement. One sad piece of news I got this past week was that Bruce Evans has passed away. Bruce wasn't really ever really much directly involved in Linux development. He was active on the BSD side, but he was the developer behind Minix, i386, which was what I used for the original Linux development in the very early days before Linux became self-hosting. Stable updates, 5.4.8, 4.19.93, 4.14.162, 4 and 4.4.208 were all released on January 5. Quote of the week. Quote. So you might want to look into not the standard library implementation, but specific locking implementations for your particular needs. Which is admittedly very very annoying indeed. But don't write your own. Find somebody else that wrote one, and spent the decades actually tuning it and making it work. Because you should never ever think that you're clever enough to write your own locking routines. 
Because the likelihood is that you aren't and by that you I very much include myself, we've tweaked all the in-kernel locking over decades, and gone through the simple test and set to ticket locks to catchaline efficient queuing locks, and even people who know what they are doing tend to get it wrong several times. Quote ends. Linus Torvalds. Distributions quote of the week. Quote. In the end, enterprise software upgrades at the rate of whatever the majority of accounting systems need to make payroll and tax filings happen. Quote ends. Stephen J. Smugan. Firefox 72.0 Firefox 72.0 has been released. In this version Firefox's enhanced tracking protection now blocks fingerprinting scripts. Also picture-in-picture video is available. See the release notes for the details of these features and other changes. Ruby 2.7 released. Over the holiday week, we missed the announcement of Ruby 2.7 on December 25. It is the most recent release of the Ruby programming language and was more than a year in development. There are quite a few new features including experimental pattern matching for case statements more information can be found in these slides, a new compaction garbage collector for the heap, support for separating positional and keyword arguments, and plenty more. Development quotes of the week. Quote. Why do I care so much about unexpected stack traces? I do because Matt 2 is dealing with untrusted file formats, users will throw all kind of random malformed files at it, and I'm expecting meaningful exceptions that I can catch should something go wrong, not eldritch-like unpredictable monstrosities crawling from the depth of Python's core in a fireworks of traces scaring my beloved users away. Quote ends. Julian Voizan thanks to Paul Wise. Quote. And hidden therein is my actual point, complexity. There has long been a trend in computing of endlessly piling on the abstractions, with no regard for the consequences. The web is an ever-growing mess of complexity, with larger and larger blobs of inscrutable JavaScript being shoved down pipes with no regard for the pipe size or the bridge toll charged by the end-user's telecom. Electron apps are so far removed from hardware that their jarring non-native UIs can take seconds to respond and eat up the better part of your RAM to merely show a text editor or chat application. I use syscalls as an approximation of this complexity. Even for one of the simplest possible programs, there is a huge amount of abstraction and complexity that comes with many approaches to its implementation. If I just print hello world in Python, users are going to bring along almost a million lines of code to run it, the fraction of which isn't dead code is basically a rounding error. This isn't always a bad thing, but it often is and no one is thinking about it. Quote ends. Drew DeVoe. The schism at the heart of the open source movement, the Atlantic. It is not all that often that the mainstream press looks at issues in the open source world, but this article from the Atlantic does just that. It looks at the controversy surrounding GitHub renewing its contract with the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement (ICE) agency and the concerns some have had with their code being used by ICE. So when news of GitHub's contract with ICE emerged, its employees weren't the only ones outraged, because of the transitive nature of open source, volunteer developers, who host code on the site to share with others, may have unwittingly contributed to the code GitHub furnished for ICE, the agency responsible for enforcing immigration policy, some were troubled by the idea that their code might in some way be used to help agents detain and deport undocumented migrants. But their outrage, and the backlash to it, reveals existential questions about the very nature of open source. Inga Brigson, whatever happened to news.gmain.org?
Lars Ingebrigtsen provides details on the current status of the Gmain archive server and asks for feedback on whether it is still useful. Over the past few years, people have asked me what happened to Gmain, and I've mostly clasped my hands over my ears and gone la 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 can't hear you, because there's nothing about the story I'm now finally going to tell that I don't find highly embarrassing. I had hoped I could just continue that way until I die, but perhaps it would be more constructive to actually tell people what's going on instead of doing an ostrich impression, thanks to Giovanni Gerdovich. Page Editor, Jake Edge